Welcome to the podcast of the European Society of Anesthesiology and Intensive Care. I'm your host, Dr. Paul McConnell, Chair of the Ethics Scientific Committee of ESIAC. I'm a Senior Honorary Clinical Lecturer at the University of Glasgow and a Consultant in Anesthesia and Critical Care Medicine at the Royal Alexandra Hospital in Paisley, Scotland. And today we're going to be talking about corporate sustainability and drug choices. And we have invited Mrs. Jeanette England, who is leading the Global Sustainability Programme in Aspen. So, Jeanette, welcome. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for that introduction. I'm, I'm really honoured to be joining you and your listeners today. Well, thank you. I mean, this is a really important um, topic for everyone um, because it concerns not just our practice, but it, it's the planet itself. So I think probably a good starting point would be to ask you, to you, to Aspen, to industry itself, what is corporate sustainability? So that's such an interesting topic and subject because it's quite broad. And I think even though sustainability is um, receiving a lot of attention currently, the concept has actually been around for many years. And so when I look at sustainability, I go back to what I think is the first definition of sustainable development, um, which was actually coined by Dr. Brundtland in a, in a report that she was doing for the United Nations. And uh, she said, or the, or the report, uh, the commission that she chaired, um, defined sustainable development as um, development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of our future generations to meet their own needs. And I think that's such a, a, a good definition of sustainability and one that I keep on going back to as sort of the core and what are we really trying to achieve. Um, but when we take it into a corporate situation, I guess then we, we look at it broader and we look at how, as a, in a corporate, um, are we encompassing um, responsible management of, of social issues, environmental issues, economic inclusion, uh, and governance um, impacts of our of our corporation, um, both for for short term gains, but also for long term performance, um, not only for the organisation but for society as a whole. And why is it then? You know, you think corporate sustainability is is so important. Well, I think um, sustainability, as you've mentioned, is. Um, is it's it's everybody's issue, and um, it's really important um, that all the stakeholders that have an impact on sustainability um, identify their key objectives and their key impacts that they are having, and drive you know a, a cohesive strategy towards addressing them. I think, as I've mentioned, we've been talking about sustainability for many years. I think it's 35 years since um, 1987. Um, and I was just reflecting the other day, we are on COP27. That's 27 COPs that have been held. Um, and we're still you know, debating these key topics. And I think um, it's really important that everybody moves to action um, in, in whatever way, shape or form it might be. Um, that we collectively move towards um, some action around these key topics. 
Yeah, I mean, I refuse to believe it's been so long since 1987. That can't possibly be be right. That would make me old. Um, but, uh, you know, thinking about that, you've talked about, um, you know, this drive for sustainability. You've talked about stakeholders. Do you think there's any one person has ultimate responsibility to drive sustainability? I mean, who should be involved in all of this? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I think it does fall and it has fell, fallen to, to the collective of, of our governments um, represented by the United Nations to really um, under, you know, to bring together the, the issues and, and look for collective solutions and collaborations um, to, to meet these um, challenges. But I think I go back to, I think it's everybody's responsibility. Um, we, we can't just sit back and wait for government um, to do something or wait, you know, for, for a corporation to do something. I think we everybody has a responsibility, including us in, the, in our individual capacities as well. Okay, so if we start with sort of big roles and big government, you know, and then we'll work back to the, the sort of individual practitioners and things. So if we're talking about government, what do you think the role of legislation is then in driving sustainability? And um, is there legislation out there that currently affects corporate sustainability? What, what should practitioners be thinking about when it comes to legislation? Yes, yeah, so I think um, over the years, and because it's taken so long and there hasn't been a lot of action, I think the governments are taking more and more proactive steps to legislate elements of of sustainability of course sustainability is a broad um, a broad topic uh, but what we're seeing now um, really coming to the fore is um, requiring um, corporates to disclose and be transparent about their sustainability performance um, and that it is a difficult landscape because there is no one standard um, that is out there at the moment and that's really what um, it's is being debated at the moment um, corporations do have the ability to to choose what sustainability performance that they you know disclose to their stakeholders um, but we are seeing you know considerable moves made by um, the international fraternity the EU, um, the EU Parliament, for example, has just recently approved um, enhanced corporate sustainability disclosure requirements. Um, there's enhanced legislation around transparency in supply chains to deal with issues such as human rights abuses, modern slavery, um, environmental impacts. So I think uh, there is a lot of pressure, if that's the right word, coming from different sources to to really um, push this agenda forward. Yeah, that's great. If we then bring things back to the individual level, okay, what do you think that anaesthetic practitioners should be considering when choosing their techniques? Okay, and I'm thinking primarily from a, a sustainability point, because we all know that the patient is always our first um, priority. But But from a sustainability point of view, what should be going through practitioners' heads? Well, I think if if we all um, 
have a concept of, of responsible consumption in in the way we conduct our business. I think that could go a long, a long way. Um, every, um, as you mentioned, the, the, the patient safety is paramount and quality is paramount, and we don't want to compromise um, any of you know any of those principles. But I think to the extent that it's, it's possible to reduce um, wastage, um, reduce consumption of 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 um, medicines, of consumables that are used in the theatre. Um, of course, you'll know a lot better about that than me. Um, look at how we're disposing of wastes um, as well. Um, you know, to the extent possible, if we can, if, if we can have recycling and you know streams, etc. I think it sounds like small actions, but I think collectively, those can have um, a big impact. And then I also think it's really important for um, consumers, and in this case, um, your um, anaesthetists and, and practitioners in the theatres, to give feedback to to the producers of the goods as to you know what would what is the experience and what would make um, be a, a more sustainable practice in the theater so that um, you know producers can can build into their product design and product development that pressure coming back from the consumer I think is a really good feedback loop mm -hmm. as to say you know actually, whatever the case may be, these containers are not recyclable or whatever the case may be, um, is there a way that we can collaborate and work together to come up with something that's more sustainable? Yeah, I think that's it. I, I think I think almost it's like we need to consider, you know, a government industry practitioners, patients, it's an ecosystem within itself. Um, and all these things need to feed back to move things forward. I'm going to put you on the spot though slightly, okay, because there's a huge amount of things that we can do from a sustainability point of view, and you've talked about all the different silos and areas we can think of. From an industry point of view, and from a practitioner point of view, so we'll get two answers here, what do you think is the most important target that each of them should be um, concentrating on? If you could wave a magic wand <laughs> and change something just now for industry and for practitioners, what do you think should be the focus? Okay, so I think I'm going to go back to 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 Aspen and and the company I work with, and we've obviously given a lot of thought as to what is our from from our industry, particularly what is the most um, material sustainability topic. And for us, it's actually um, access to medicines and the patients. So uh, for us. Um, I know when we talk sustainability, people tend to go environment, and that's that is really important. Um, but for us, it's really about how do we make um, medicines uh, more accessible to to the patients that need them, um, and in vulnerable populations as well. So that's a huge focus for us, and it's the it's the cornerstone of our sustainability strategy. Um, and I think every organisation will. You know, will find what their what their key purposes and where they can have the most impact. Um, 
for for practitioners, I think you'd probably be aligned. I think for practitioners, I, I would dare to guess that the most important thing for practitioners would also be access to safe and reliable medicines um, to enhance quality of life and to, to address some of the inequities that we see um, with regards to access to medicine. So I, I would imagine we're quite aligned there. Um, but I do think um, in achieving that, um, Collectively, we have to look at, at ways of, of what I mentioned, sort of responsible consumption. And how do we meet all these needs um, without um, sort of delinking it or decoupling it from increased consumption of, of goods? So how do we achieve more, meet these um, increasing requirements, but without consuming more of of Mother Nature's um, resources that she supplies to us. Yeah, I think um, I mean, one of the things that we've come across in our own sustainability um, drives within the hospital is unintended consequences. Okay, mm -hmm. so you know we want to decrease our volatile use, but then we find we're using more syringes and consumables. You know, from uh, from that point of view, we want to move away from disposable trays, so we get some, um, you know, multiple use um, plastic trays. But then we discover our cleaning wipes um, all have plastic impregnated um, within them. From both a corporate point of view and for advice to our individual practitioners, how how can we deal with these things? Is there a way that that you as an industry look to get sort of joined up thinking, how we avoid these unintended consequences? It's such a big, um, a, a big issue that, um, and it's, it's really complex um, to try and, and resolve. Um, and I think with every choice we make, there's some kind of trade-off, unfortunately. Um, but I think what uh, an approach that I think will help us a long way in this, and it's something we, we are still to get to an Aspen more fully, um, is what we call a life cycle approach to, um, you know, to our products. So instead of looking at them in the, you know, sort of what is what is the carbon emissions while they while we're manufacturing them, just to look at the entire life cycle from the starting materials right to the end use um, in the in the operating theatre, what happens to those products at that time is one way of trying to get the sort of joined up um, thinking. So um, making sure that the starting materials are also sustainably, sustainably procured, etc. It's very yeah. tough though and very challenging. Yeah, that's been one of the things that we found really difficult because we all want to make a difference. Uh, and then you start picking away at things and see how you're being environmental in one area and sustainable mm -hmm. in one area, but it can affect things in, in other areas. I think that's really interesting what you're talking about looking at the whole life cycle bit, um, because that is a danger. We tend to look at just snapshots, you know, um, of things. Um, is there any plans for like sort of sustainable indices? You know, like I can buy, you know, food from the shops and I can see the fat content and um, you know, the energy content and things like that. Um, is there any move to get sort of uh, sort of more open, sustainable indices that um, practitioners can access? 
So I think there, there are in certain um, types of products, you, you might find some sustainable indices already available or certifications. Um, you might have seen some around packaging, you know, it shows you the recyclable mark, etc. Um, but I, I think it 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 begs that question and um, of of how do you define it? How do you make sure that it's a reliable um, assertion that you're making to your consumer um, about the sustainability of the product? Um, so I, there are many indices that talk more at a corporate level around your sustainability performance at a corporate level, but product by product, I think. It, it, it's still going to, I think, deal with some of the individual components, for example, the packaging mm-hmm. um, and so on. So I think it'll take some while to, to, to get there. I know there are some, mm-hmm. um, but there have been some problems um, with some of those certifications um, as well when you take a deep dive into to the reliability of them. Yeah. So thinking about this and thinking about products then, do you think that new drug development should have a sustainable dimension to it? Do you think that we should have sustainability as a, a sort of outcome in drug trials as well? So as well as comparing efficacy for patients, there's a, a thing from industry to, to need to, to look at comparing sustainability as well. Absolutely. So I think we have seen a move, um, particularly in Europe, um, but I think elsewhere will follow soon as well, where um, many of the tender requirements that are coming out from hospitals and public um, authorities are now including environmental and social elements into their requirements. And I think that will force industry to to, um, be able to account for the sustainability of their products and that they are supplying and I think it is becoming an important factor in the in the purchasing decision of our of our customers um, so that is a, is a real driver as well and I think it's really important that the um, in the development phases um, that the the environmental um, aspect is included um, but it's only through um, innovation um, that we will will get to solve some of these problems of the future. Okay, so we've come to the sort of million euro question um, here because this has been a great chat to have. Um, There's a big corporate drive for sustainability, okay? Um, But at the end of the day, corporations, you know, have got to make money as well. Do you think there's a risk of greenwashing? So I think there is a risk of greenwashing, and I think um, we've actually seen cases of of exposed greenwashing. So I think that is a really important um, topic that you're bringing up because it is a key differentiator. Um, In some consumer products, it it can be a, a differentiator with your consumer, but uh, it's also differentiated with investors who are now, you know, challenging their cha- channelings, bigger pardon, their funds to um, so-called, you know, green investments and so on. Um, and so I think it, it's a challenge for corporates to be able to provide the transparency and the information that their stakeholders are looking for. 
but in a way that is um, accurate, you know, comparable, um, according to uh, clear definitions, and perhaps auditable, auditable as well, um, a lot like your financial information is at the moment. And so um, that is, you know, an area, again, that is just receiving a lot of attention through um, um, organisations such as uh, the, you know, the EU Parliament, the Securities Exchange Commission and in, the, in the US, other JSE um, sort of guidance and so on, are all working towards how do we come up with <laughs> the set of um, standards and disclosures and criterias that will make, you know, that will avoid or prevent um, the risk of greenwashing. And we've talked, you've talked there um, about industry and about government, but at the end of the day, this podcast is going to be listened to by individual practitioners. So what should practitioners consider? What should they look for to ensure that they're, they're picking sustainable products, that they're not going to be, you know, a victim of greenwashing? Mm. I think um, hopefully there are um, industry bodies and, and you know, we, sh we should, industry should provide the information um, through um, scientific research and industry um, collaboration. So, you know, to provide the studies and the information available to practitioners um, around their, their drug choices, which, which is really the topic of today. Um, so I think it's really useful if if we provide studies around the different impacts of of different treatment options um, to allow, you know, because it's really difficult to know otherwise, wouldn't mm -hmm. it be? So I think uh, that's something that I think industry bodies, not individual companies, should try and and look towards um, providing that data um, scientifically. Um, to their to their consumers, the end consumers. Well, Jeanette, thank you so much. I mean, this has been a hugely interesting podcast on a vast but very important uh, topic. I think from our listeners' point of view, the things that we've got to take home from this is sustainability is everybody's business, and that you know we live on a, a planet. Um, uh, that has its own ecosystem that's in danger, but we also work in an ecosystem um, and that needs feedback um, from all parts of it, whether it's government providing legislation, whether it's industry providing the tools to actually um, work, um, and it's the practitioners as well who need to feedback um, to both industry and government, because I suppose without them, Without our anesthesiologists, nothing works. Um, and you can't design products if the, you don't know what we need. Exactly. So That's a hugely important point, Paul. That feedback loop is very valuable um, to us. And I think that's it. I think today um, we should all go away thinking about our own practice, thinking about how we can make it more sustainable, having a think about how one sustainability measure can sometimes impact on other areas of our practice. And when we identify those, those are probably the key bits that industry and government needs to hear about. 
Jeanette, it's been absolutely um, lovely to speak to you. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode. Um, the ESAIC releases monthly podcasts on the website and various streaming platforms, and we hope you will join us for the next one. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by Aspen.